Welcome to COVID-19, Public Health Policy and Culture. I'm Dr. April Moreno, presenting information from various sources about the COVID-19 pandemic from public health policy and cultural perspectives. We will be sharing international accounts from policy, public health response, and even personal experiences firsthand about living in this era of COVID-19. So you probably are aware by now that we use Anchor.fm here on this podcast for COVID-19 PPC. And I wanted to tell you about Anchor.fm because this is actually the second uh, podcast hosting software I've used. And um, I really like it. I love how easy it is to use. I love the fact that it's free. And they have so many tools here like music and all these different options that help you record and edit your podcast either from your phone or your PC or your computer. And then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And then also you can even make money from your podcast with minimum, with no minimum listenership. And it's all you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're new to podcasting and you're interested in um, getting started, I recommend Anchor.fm. So what you can do is download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Um, that's my recommendation. And, um, you know, after almost a year of podcasting, I'm really glad I found Anchor just recently. It just makes things so much easier. And uh, yeah, come check out Anchor.fm. Welcome to episode one of COVID-19 PPC, Public Health Policy and Culture. I'm Dr. April Moreno here to begin to guide you on this trip, this tour around the world of the different effects of the pandemic and hearing stories about people who are living in different countries, sharing firsthand accounts, what is going on in their respective countries, continents even, and what the policies have looked like, and then culturally, what the mood has been like, what is going on in, t- in terms of family encounters, social encounters. Uh, sharing here that we are in completing about a week of social isolation away from other people, also being part of this vulnerable population, um, taking those extra precautions to stay away from the virus and the spread of the virus. And I have so many questions I want to ask today. Uh, I have questions myself, providing this podcast, speaking to other people, going into the research, but it still remains that many of us are going to have so many questions about what's going on. I am no exception. I'm going to share the questions that I have that I haven't found consistent information about. It's been about a week here of social isolation. This topic's about what is going on providing the landscape, the background, and context of this podcast. What is actually going on right now? We are still adjusting to the new changes of the world. These things are, for the first time, this pandemic for us, in many cases, is not only local, it's also global. And we're all dealing with this together. So here in Southern California, just a few days ago, the governor gave us that requirement to stay home to not be outdoors unless it's for essential services but there are still so many questions that remain as it relates to this residence of the state of california and i'll be going through those questions with you that i have but i wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the conversations that are out there i want to start from 
the broadest into the smallest and asking this question of what is going on right now. So I want to go into first the World Health Organization's website. My guess is that this is probably one of the most popular, most well-used websites right now, probably one of the most viewed around the world. The World Health Organization, WHO.INT, they have a site here, Emergencies, Diseases, Novel Coronavirus 2019. And at this time, we have a dashboard here with maps and countries around the world, 267,000 and 11,201 deaths. 185 countries are affected, impacted by the virus. And so there's so much information you can find here in terms of the global perspective of everything that's going on. And then here within the United States, we look at the CDC's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, cdc.gov. They have a website here, a page on coronavirus 2019-NCOV, and it has information about the symptoms, older adults and medical conditions, how to prepare your family for this. And then I wanted to go even into a more local site here. Let me see here. We can go into the state of California, for example, and to see what actions are being done locally. I have so many questions still about what the heck is going on here. Why is it that we are finally taking this seriously when we've known about it for weeks and weeks? The California Coronavirus Response website is covid19.ca.gov in case you want to find out more. These are the questions that I have. In some references, we've seen things about three feet of distance. And then others, we've seen things where they say you have to maintain six feet of distance. So wonder what that's about. We have different information. The World Health Organization recommends three feet of distance between yourself and others. However, the CDC and others talk about six feet of distance away from other people. I would go with the more conservative and stick to the six foot distance. And there's a lot of conversation about the need for testing. We don't all have that access. Uh, here in San Diego, I wanted to talk about this. It's like, what the heck? Okay, so March 9th, we had our first report of somebody positive with COVID-19. And despite all of that, this is already what, March the 9th, we still had officials saying that we were at very low risk of community transmission. And I found that, that even at, on that date, as I heard this, I was really frustrated to hear that. How could you even know? How would you even know? It says here, it is important to remember that if you did not have close contact to the patient or someone who has traveled to an impacted country or region, the risk of infection is still low. This was March the 9th, not very long ago. And I'm just so frustrated. I remember that article. I remember hearing about it on the news and I was so upset because of the fact that we knew how contagious this thing was and we were not even thinking to prepare for it, even in a public health capacity. Anyways, that leads me to some of my questions that I have here. So in some places they've begun talking about vulnerable populations and they talked about how like I'm part of that vulnerable population just because of autoimmune conditions people with chronic conditions people who are immunocompromised people who are over 65 and people who are pregnant being part of that vulnerable population and these precautions were not given in advance I know that maybe at the national level definitely more at the international level we were finding out a lot more information about precautions but my gosh, it just upset me so much that we were already in this month 
of March, and we were still hearing that the risk of community transmission is very low, which I, we have yet to find out. The numbers are continuing to increase, and we'll, we will see about that, unfortunately. And I don't think there was enough information on precautions for the public. But even now, we have some supermarkets that are starting to allow for early openings for people. Although that's still not quite safe because we don't know how many people are going in the stores. But we have early openings for people like in the first hour of some of the supermarkets. Make it known that most of the, the Latino markets were the first to provide this service. Northgate, Vallarta were the first in Southern California to provide those services. I want that to be made known. And then soon after that, a lot of other supermarkets started following suit. However... Some of the other stores are not specific about, other than those above 65, some stores are not saying whether the immunocompromised or the people with chronic conditions or the pregnant are part of that population that they're allowing in early. They're just saying seniors. There are many more people who are part of that vulnerable population than just seniors. So that's not something that a lot of stores have really quite figured out yet. Um, but then at the same time, I don't even know how safe it is to really be out there at this time. So that is one of the questions that I have. It's just like, I haven't even tried. I don't really go out. I just order a lot of stuff now online. But I'm not sure if some of these stores are letting in people who are younger than 65 who are vulnerable, uh, people who are pregnant or people with chronic conditions. It's not part of their announcement in some stores. It's just over 65 the other question I had is about the outdoors. Now, it sounds wonderful and all, but for the most part, if you are part of the vulnerable population, do you feel safe going out there and getting into a car and driving out into nature, going to the beach right now? The weather's finally better here, but is it really safe to do that? And in my opinion, no, it isn't. For the most part, we were given restrictions to just go out for essential services. I can argue that, yes, sunshine and nature are essential services. However, do you really want to risk it? Do you want to risk someone questioning you at your window, speaking to you face to face and not knowing if they are contagious? No, we don't. This question about being outdoors, I don't know. In certain countries I'm hearing, like in Italy, for example, or in Spain, for example, there are some very specific conditions under which people are able to be outdoors in public. I hear that you're able to go out and walk your dog in many cases. However, spending time in recreation and leisure outdoors is highly, I would say it's not quite okay. As you've seen in Florida, some of the beaches have been shut down because party animals that want to be out there and have spring break no matter what. And the young invincible population, actually many of whom are going to the hospital, have had a lot of trouble heeding the warnings. Even personally, I had to leave a yoga teacher training. I left it about two weeks before they were ordered to close because of, or because of my health condition. I knew earlier on, I was just really more cautious about staying away and hearing the news and, and even when they weren't making restrictions, but hearing enough about the risk factors and the level of contagion out there starting to miss the classes. I didn't know if I was going to get in trouble, not be able to finish my program. But here we are two weeks later. Now it is required to close. It seemed negligent on many accounts to see so many people out there going to concerts, socializing, hanging out in big groups, conferences, not thinking about the consequences of that in the coming weeks to see what this may look like was actually quite alarming to me to see this actual lack of regard of um, public health, lack of understanding 
and lack of heed to public health was very interesting to see. My first question again was about the stores. Some stores are allowing people to go in early. I think one store, I think it was Target, is like once a week they let people in a little early, vulnerable populations. But other stores are very clear on letting people in an hour early if they are over 65. But then others are a little more clear on vulnerable plus over 65. Um, and then this outdoors conversation. In Los Angeles, we saw administration talk about how it was okay to go out into public parks and nature. And I'm not quite sure how they came to that conclusion. What if it gets really crowded out there? How close are you getting to people and even being out on the road? Another thing I wanted to talk about in addition to being outdoors and being out in nature and like how I'm not quite feeling safe on that topic of the freedom to go and wander outdoors and drive to the parks and mountains. It sounds beautiful and the national parks are even open at this time, but it just doesn't seem like a good idea. It doesn't seem like a very safe idea to be, let's say we were all on the roads or let's say we were all um, hanging out in the streets. I mean, that's really what this was about. At the state level now, we've got, I can't see that it would really matter anymore that the public parks, the national parks are open. The next question I have is about food preparation. These are the concerns that I have at this time in this environment, in this era, this season of COVID-19. It's about food preparation. And, you know, restaurants have now been closed in many places. Um, it's really uh, delivery only. However, we also have heard many conversations about how people are not being allowed to have sick leave or they risk not being paid if they don't come into work. So I wonder about what the safety precautions have been like for food handling and preparation and how we can be assured that the virus is not being transmitted into our food. Just last week, I went to Starbucks in one of my last trips out and I saw that they weren't wearing gloves. The guy was very talkative. He was talking to us in the drive through window and he was talking about how he had just, he works as a bartender too. And this is before they shut down the bars. He was working all night with the, he said it was still very lively. There were lots of people going out the downtown area into the bars. And then he was working at Starbucks, very talkative in the drive through window. He was very friendly. He was talking to us quite a bit and um, nobody in there was wearing gloves. And then I started to really border towards being a little bit paranoid about the fact that they were touching the lid of my drink the little stopper on the drink even the cups and gave me lots of concern and as I realized that maybe going out for food was no longer a safe option unfortunately and so how are we talking about handling this I have a friend who took pictures from the in and out window just a few days ago where they went to get some burgers and they looked in there at the people cooking in there without gloves, without masks. Admittedly, we don't have masks, unfortunately, for the most part, available to people, available to people. But that's, in my opinion, that is cause for much, much concern. I cannot ensure that people are washing their hands. I cannot ensure that people are not speaking, talking over my food. And in a drive through window, I can't guarantee that someone's not going to want to talk to me and have long conversations with me in the window of my car and the window of the drive through These are the concerns that I have in terms of what's not being discussed, public health safety 
and precaution out there. I think that the letter grade for restaurants that we have in many cases is great, but that was more for different times when we're talking about pest control, we're talking about people who keep clean spaces and clean facilities available. But when we're talking about a highly contagious virus, are we really doing enough of our part to ensure public safety in the food delivery industry? These are tough, they're hard facts, but these are the concerns that I have. And really, if I could be assured by practices of safety and precaution, it would make me a lot more comfortable ordering takeout. But at this time, I am cooking my own food, losing weight, eating a lot less junk food, craving french fries, but getting through. Those are the concerns that I have at this time as it relates to this new response to the pandemic and these new restrictions that many of us are living with. I'd love for you to share on Instagram any comments or questions you have about what's been going on with the new policies, the new restrictions, the new orders that have been given by local counties, cities, government officials at the state level as well, the governors. What has it been like in your vicinity? What other concerns have you had in terms of safety precautions? And are you part of that vulnerable population? And how has that experience been for you? Feel free to contact me on Instagram at COVID19PPC. And until next episode, I hope you are taking good care. Look forward to presenting this next episode, number two, on living in Italy during this pandemic.